that's that's something which always intrigues me and like pk's my interest too is that she's like pk like okay so like you mean peak yeah so some people say pk some people no one says pk i i swear to god some people say pk (laughs) i know i think it's peak but some people say pk (laughs) we're going to cut this out of we're going to cut this out of Welcome back to the Madonna Get Together. I am your host, Wayne, and we are continuing our conversation about Madonna's 2005 classic, and like I like to refer to as her last solo record, Confessions on a Dance Floor. Uh, last episode, we talked all about the first half of the album, and today, Rayhan is back with me to finish talking about the rest of the album and the bonus tracks and b-sides that came along with the album and stay tuned for the episode after that where we will talk about confessions on a dance floor live for the confessions tour well welcome back rayon thank you for having me i'm very excited to be here how have you been um, since the last time we <laughs> i have been two minutes trying ago. to hold my laughter while we have filmed several takes of you trying to say stay tuned for part three where we talk about the confession store. <laughs> it was that easy. Rayhan doesn't understand the magic that has to be created around editing to make people think that we have gone weeks without speaking to each other. <laughs> Even though it's it's we've been in the same room for like two hours. <laughs> okay. Well uh, we are back, and as I said before we closed out in the last episode, I love the transition from Forbidden Love into Jump, because it has that dun, 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 and um, goes right into Jump, and I love the way that it kind of blends into there. And I actually, sometimes when I'm listening, or I've tried to edit a version, and I can never do it, it never sounds right, where I try to make my own edit, where it starts at that point, but you need that transition out of Forbidden Love into Jump. It's the only reason why I love Forbidden Love on this album right. is because it's it's the perfect intro. I mean, into... I wouldn't go as far as saying that you love Forbidden Love. I don't love Come it, but, but I'm saying, it's for me, it's the only purpose for being on the record right. is for its transition into Jump during the nonstop It version. serves its purpose. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Jump. Let's talk about Jump. It's actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. I feel like it's this album's Vogue, I, in a sense. I don't. Hmm. I, it, I don't think it matches the same level as Vogue, but it has that that danceability and that kind of like instead of voguing, you're jumping. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You look like I, you don't agree. I. I. I know. I agree. Like this is, like again, like I hate that. This is this is going to be the second half of the album, but this right here is my favorite part of the second half of the album, including the bonus tracks. Mm-hmm. Like, the level of excitement I had for discussing this song, like, you will see in a few moments, and I feel bad because, like, the next songs, like, I don't want to be less excited, but, like, it peaks right here. But this is, this is a fantastic song. Like, I love the version on the album. I love the extended version. I love... The performance on the tour which we will get into 
Never has a performance of a song made me feel less physically fit because the dancers <laughs> were just literally bouncing off of the walls. Like parkour, yeah, parkour. Like parkour. It was it was intense. Like watching it was an experience. And like I always say, like whenever someone asks me if you could go back in time to witness one moment in history, like what would it be like? The Confessions Tour is one of those things for me and specifically for this performance because I just want to experience it live because like she truly hired some of the best dancers for Oh, for sure. She tour. always does. She always does. The one thing she will do correctly is the dancers she hires. And like we will get into this more when we discuss the tour, but um, well, I love how she just sits there and all the dancers just dance. <laughs> they do all the swinging and jumping around from you know bar to bar to platform to platform while she just strikes a pose essentially no, I <laughs> and mean, they all do it around her <laughs> I mean but like even the cinematography like off the DVD yes. like it was amazing like it jumps from like shot to shot to different perspectives of the same dancer and different dancers and there's the dancers like on the poles like like parkour and then there's like other dancers like on this raised platform like it's too much but at the same time it's like just the right amount of too much like it teeters on that very precarious line of like just the right amount and like too much and it like does so in like the most beautiful way and like that's one of my and that's why like the first part of like the confession store is one of my favorites and like we'll talk in we'll talk about that when we get into the tour but um this song even as is like removed from the tour performance in any visuals um even without the music video is just a song that's like just very exciting to listening to yeah and i will say that um someone might argue that parkour is it's, it's not necessarily parkour that it is free running or free jumping or, or something like, but to me, it's just all the same. I'd rather just for argue for, for, for the purpose of this discussion, we would just call it parkour, parkour. so that I don't get those messages. It's not, it's not really parkour. They're um, just jumping from pole to pole. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but the point is they're doing a great the job is, at it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I will say I love, I love this song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album and it's also a freestanding song meaning like i can listen to it outside of the album there's a usually like there's usually a bunch of tracks that i love when they were singles that they can stand alone and be by themselves and then there's some tracks that like i love it but only in only in the landscape of the album itself therefore i don't necessarily choose to listen to that song outside of the album Right. Um, and for me, this song can stand on its own outside of the album. For sure. And I love that it was chosen as a single. I will say that this is another one of those singles that sort of did not get its full attention from Warner Brothers right. to uh, kind of give it what it needs. The video is very cheap looking. It, it's her in a studio with some bars <laughs> around her and she's wearing... A wig, like a, a bob. <laughs> She's wearing a bob wig, and if you look at the if you look at the back of the single cover, you'll see it's an image of her from the video. It's in black and white, and then the cover of it. I, 
a lot of people say this is a worse album cover than Get Together, but I would disagree. I feel like this still matches the tone of the album. Um, <laughs> you're you're scoffing over there. No, I I I'm trying not to laugh, but because I mean, no, both. This was this was the treatment this song got was very similar to Get Together, where they're both songs that are absolutely highlights from the album for me. But the treatment that they got, they just seemed like it was. There wasn't a lot of forethought. It was a lot. No, of No, yeah, thought. they didn't get their time. They didn't get their day in the sun to like right. shine. Like it, it, it seemed rushed. Like it was over six months after the album released that these both both these songs got the single treatment. Um, and what you said about like okay, her in the studio wearing a wig it was it was very much like that for get together too it was just like okay her in front of a green screen wearing a wig and then the rest of it was from coco <laughs> nightclub um and for that reason like this era in terms of the music videos like i said earlier i just when it comes to madonna like i have higher expectations simply because like she like i expect a higher caliber when it comes to her videography because she's given us some of the absolute pinnacle of music video video like yeah like ever so like and this album era like as much as i love it in terms of the album and the songs itself like fell short and that's just been a recurring theme for the music videos the music videos are not what you remember this album for it's the songs yeah except hung up sorry i remember those i remember those videos like those videos stand out to me but because they one was a sequel of the other and the only other time we got a sequel madonna has done this before where she did a sequel to the video you'll see as a sequel to take a bow right in the video um and this was another instance of that with hung up and sorry and then um yeah get together kind of just like you could tell a lot of hard work was put into that because it's not easy to animate something like that and right. and come up with those graphics and designs but this one um, I believe what they did is they, they shot on the, I can't tell where they shot the external shots. If it was actually in Japan or if it was in London or France and then they superimposed Japanese writing because her name is everywhere. And right. I'm familiar with what her name looks like in Japanese, Japanese because I have a lot of, I have a lot of like Japanese EPs. So I know what her name, right. how it's spelled. At this point, name. you know what kanji you say, Madonna. Yeah. And the wig that she wears does, and I believe she filmed her, her scenes in Japan. Someone's, I, I'm probably totally wrong. I don't even know. I didn't, I didn't research this beforehand um, <laughs> just because I don't really care because it's, it's, it's not a standout video. And I hate when I see like a really great song that doesn't get kind of like the art form behind it that it deserves, like we were saying. And I think this is one of those instances where she's there to film the video, but it doesn't, that the, the performance in the video just doesn't stand out to me. I don't go back and watch this video a lot as much as I would other songs yeah. uh, in her you know, catalog. So it's very, um, the wig did make a comeback when she performed in the Confessions Tour uh, in Japan. She wore the wig during the um, Saturday Night Fever section towards the end. So from uh, music all the way to music the end, Inferno she the end. Uh, wore the wig, which I thought was a cool like nod to 
hey, listen, I'm doing something different. And I think it was around the same time when she filmed this video yeah. that that happened. No, um, but yeah, like you said, this, would you say either of those, even, not even jump, but the, the two videos you said you liked, like, um, Hung Up and Sorry, would you say even either one of those is in your top 20 Madonna videos of all time? No. Yeah. Same for me. <laughs> Same for me. And so, so yeah, that's why, like, it's not that they're forgettable. Like, I think it's cool that they transition one into the other. But, yeah. Um, and even less so with, like, Jump. I don't think any of these videos, like, stood the test of time. But that's okay because the album, like, the songs themselves do. And, like, I agree. You bring up a really good point about... It's frustrating when an artist puts out a song, especially a single, which is accompanied by a music video usually, and the video doesn't live up to what the song is. It's right. really great when it's the other way around, when like a not so great song has a fantastic video, and then you're like, oh, I enjoy this song so much more because this video just brings a whole new light to it. Yeah, um, That's a lot of fun. But the other way around is like, I had the same feeling with... Um, again, Lady Gaga fan, hello, I'm not going to apologize for bringing her back into the conversation. I don't want to hear, I don't want to (laughs) know. But I had the same feeling about The Edge of Glory, for instance. Like, the song is fantastic. I would agree with that. And And that video was just her walking in a fucking apartment set. set. Like, what the fuck was that? It was like on the Disney backlot. Yeah, no, and there was a reason, because the original, like, concept they had for that video was scrapped because there was a last minute director change and i feel the same way about stupid love um stupid love i feel the same way about perfect illusion and i feel the same way about like every unfortunately every one of the videos for um confessions on a dance floor but it's okay because all of the songs by themselves are masterpieces to me in terms of like and like our standouts in her discography and don't really need the video to, like, bring them up. Yeah. Well, and yeah, that's what I would say is that this album outshines any video that can go with it. Honestly, if you want to watch any sort of video to any of these songs, just watch the tour. Yeah. No, that's what I do. And that's yeah. and that's part of, the, part of the reason why so many of the times, like, it's come up in discussion that I listen to the album version more so than the studio version is because like I can watch her perform. Yeah. And like, it's, it's, it's like, yeah, like she, the confessions tour was, did a great deal of damage control for the, for the disco ball that they dropped when it came to the videos for this era. Um, I will say that I am not a huge fan of the live performance either of, of this, jump, of jump. I'm, are you talking about the Confessions tour? I am or? talking about the Confessions you tour. You are kidding me right now. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It, especially the way she opens it, where she goes, the night is young in the show. Oh, has, has just, just begun. begun. I hate I, that. I hate, I hate it. <laughs> it's so cheesy. Yeah, and like, I, so like, I can see that. Girl. <laughs> I mean, okay, like, I, I see that, but... I love the Like a Virgin performance that precedes it. But even before Like a Virgin, she says, are you ready to ride with me? And I'm like, <laughs> I hate that too. I'm like, just, sh- just start performing. Or was this the way she said, are you ready to ride? 
Like, are you ready? <laughs> just, yeah, I know. But like, I, I see what you, when you put it that way, I see what you mean. Yeah. But yeah, she did that for like a version two. And I was like, you don't need to fill in these awkward silences. Well, I think the uh, the reason why she did that, at least before like a version, because it's the first time she addresses the audience too. Correct. And Madonna has a habit of not acknowledging her audience. And I think that has to go, that pairs with how she likes to put on a performance similar to a theatrical show where you don't necessarily acknowledge the audience, you put on the performance and let the audience react to it. And I, but also at the same time, it is a live concert. It is a, a live experience where the audience wants to feel included by you. And so the third song into the set is when she finally addresses the audience with Like a Virgin. And then after she's done with Like a Virgin, she continues to do that with the jump where it's like, I don't mind the Like a Virgin intro as much as I mind the The jump night is young and the show the night has just begun. And the show has just begun. It sounds it's almost as bad like, as like, how many of us talk the talk, but how many of us walk the walk? And I'm just like, what did you, what did you watch? What was her inspiration for using these, like these kind of generic cliche quotes before deciding that that's what she's going to do for all these songs every time she does, every time she performs? Yeah, I can, I, I can see, I can see. Yeah, it's very, it sounds like a very cheesy anime villain when, when the way like she says it, but I will argue that I'm sure that like when you're in there in person, the audience just goes off because you're right. Like when you're usually, when you're performing a show, you are just performing the show and the audience is just observing. But like, because concerts in general tend to be intimate and like interacting with the audience and breaking that fourth wall, particularly at that moment. And because like, they know that like, it's like she's about to pop off because like a Virgin is obviously a fan favorite, just like a throwback. And then right. Jump is a song, which we, we're going to talk about the performance later. Like it gets really hype really fast. So like yeah. her interacting with the audience and breaking that fourth wall is like just another layer of like her hyping them up. And the audience is excited because they're like, oh my God, they're, she's talking to me. The yeah. queen is addressing me. Yeah, I and I totally see that. And this actually closes out that section mm -hmm. in the tour before going on to the um, confessions section and live to tell section. So, right. um, so I love the song. It was used in the devil wears Prada and it was included on the soundtrack. But again, I feel like it didn't get the recognition. So if you ask a kind of casual Madonna fan, like, Hey, do you know the song jump? They're probably like, what, what song is that? What, what album is it from? What year is it from? But if you ask them about hung up, they're probably going to be more familiar with hung up than they are. Jump. Right, right, yeah. Which is a shame because I think Jump is probably the best song yeah. on the record. But let's go to the next track, How High. This to me, I like to refer to as her Kylie song because it feels very Kylie Minogue to me. Um, it's very can't get you out of my head for me. Uh, I, I think originally it wasn't necessarily one of my favorites just because it didn't feel like a Madonna song. It felt more like a Kylie song, but that's more of Madonna playing into that kind of like European international dance type record that she intended on making. 
and how high does that and there's one there's two times where her voice goes very like high pitched where it's like i did it (laughs) (laughs) um where it's just kind of like that's where i feel like she's getting into this this britney-esque voice where she's just going into this high-pitched baby doll voice which i hate when she does and that's one of the reasons why i also like jump is because it's in her lower register yeah and it feels very comfortable to her versus this one which feels very um uh, what's the word um for lack of a better word artificial yeah uh but i get it at the same time so um, but i actually love the the kind of melody and uh where the song goes right i love how it gets to the end and the kind of strings at the end i love that part what are your thoughts on the song um well so i i agree with you for me this is of all of the songs we've discussed so far this one unfortunately is my least favorite um and it's not i'm the, i don't think it's particularly a bad song it's just i personally did not enjoy it as much it's also one of the two songs that she did not perform on tour. So one of the only songs, which I don't think she's ever performed or ever refers to. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, it's just one of the songs which feels like even for her was like, yeah, it just faded into the background. Like it it wasn't even something that was in her consideration. Like it didn't make the cut on the tour. Like, but actually now that we're having this conversation, imagine how gagged we would be if it somehow made it on the celebrations. Oh, I, I, <laughs> I would root for any song that's that's more obscure. Like, Only imagine because I know... if she performs How High I Had yeah. Push on the celebrations. I feel like <laughs> the likelihood of it happening is phenomenally slim. But um, yeah. if it did, like, I would be surprised. And I would actually, I would be like, okay, you know, I'm rooting for this. I'm rooting for you. But yeah, this song, I agree. Um, actually, when you said that it's, you think of this as her Kylie song, like, it clicked in my head. When I first heard it, I always thought that it kind of did not belong on the album. And it was a weird paradox situation but i was like no i mean the sound kind of like sonically it belongs on the album like is it lyrically and i was like no like it's still it belongs on the album sonically but i can't exactly put my finger on why it just doesn't feel like madonna and now when you said it sounds like a kylie song i was like oh yeah yeah it's just i just that realization just came to me um and even, yeah, in spite of that, I don't think it's a bad song. I think it's a 5 out of 10 for me. But it's not one of the songs on the album that, like, particularly fond of going back and listening to. I did say that it's my least favorite song of all of the ones we've discussed so far. But it's still, I will skip Let It Will Be and Forbidden Love, but I won't skip this. And I think so that's, maybe it isn't your least favorite. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's something that's drawing you to it. Yeah, there's... I don't know. It is very repetitive. I feel like a lot of the lyrics, like, she's just, like, repeating that same... I get going, it. I get it. And then, like, uh, like the how high are the stakes? Like, how, how much of a fortune can you make? It's just... It's that over and over and over again. It's... It gets repetitive and boring really quickly, but for some reason... 
when I'm listening to the album from start to finish, I am more inclined to <laughs> hit the skip button on Forbidden Love, but not on this. So maybe I lied. I, you know, I, I'll, I think I, I understand what you're saying. For me, it's still like a, a highlight on the album for me, just because it's also probably, um, for this album, I would say this, as we move to the rest of this album, this is where it feels, this is the start of it starting to feel a little preachy. Um, cause I think her, her idea was confessions on the dance floor. So not, so some songs are just going to feel like this is me telling my story and how this to me is a, a reflection of, you know, a song that she had songs that she had on American life where it's kind of like, you know, I, I accomplished this, but I understand that fame and fortune is not the end necessarily the end goal. And that's not what life is supposed to be about. And then like Hollywood, for example, and then cut to her doing a gap commercial using that song. Um, <laughs> but this, this is kind of, it, it's starting to get into that. And I, I, and I think that's, that's probably one of the things I want to say is the first half of this album up until jump, and a little bit of how high is really just feeling being in the moment, feeling like you want to dance, feeling like you want to, um, it's transcended in a way. And that's how I feel like music should be. And once you get more deliberate and more uh, specific in your lyrics about uh, a certain topic, like how high is delivering and how we get to Isaac and, and um, like it or not, I think that's where it's kind of, she's starting to, these are things that I've learned within the past few years, and I want you to hear me sing about them. Whereas I'm kind of like, I, I get it. You're in, you're into Kabbalah. You're, you've, yeah. you've had some self-revelation. You've, you've understood that fame is not going to bring you all the joy that you may have thought it was in your early twenties. I get it, girl. But, um, <laughs> So tell us how you really feel about well, the song, Wade, no. because it's interesting because at first you said it wasn't one of the high, like it wasn't one of your favorites on the album, but just now you used words like highlight and transcendent to describe how I, so I'm just really, what do you really feel about the song? This song, so do you like I like it or this not? song. <laughs> <laughs> like it or not. Um, how high... I like the song sonically. It's a great song. I think it's it's composed very well, and the for, the the structure of it is done very well. I think it's just the the message. It, it just feels a little preachy to me, and I have to forgo thinking about directly what she's like what specifically she's talking about to just lose myself in the song. And I think anytime you have to do that that you have to kind of ignore the fact that she's talking about, I sought out fame and fortune and I knew, and I've just now realized that it's not like, yeah, any person that is, that lives, <laughs> that, that doesn't make millions of dollars understands that. Yeah. So it's kind of like, I, I, you're preaching to a choir that, that has already accepted the fact we, we get that you're a diva. We get that you've got a lot of money. We get that, you know, 
we understand we heard all that in the last record. Yeah, I've, heard it, I've <laughs> heard it all before. Like she exactly. said it and we we're just repeating her words like, yeah, we've heard it all before. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm highlighting those parts of the song because I feel like this is this is where the album takes a turn and takes a different sort of direction. Maybe not as sonically as it does, but it does lyrically. And I feel like the the last group of these songs are grouped together probably for that reason so that yeah. your last thought when you when you exit or finish listening to this yeah. record is her giving her very specific and deliberate point of view about life and how people should be treating other people and how they should be thinking about their own lives that's where it just it, it starts to feel a little preachy but i can kind of accept that and and move on with my day because I still like these songs and I still like yeah. this song. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at. And it took yeah. a very long time yeah. to explain that. No, I get it. I, I understand now. Um, and that's the problem I had with it too when I said like I couldn't quite put my finger on why it felt like it didn't belong on the album. And that's because the, f the first 10 songs or like the songs preceding this all felt like they were following each other and they were cohesive and mm -hmm. like it was one album and then it makes like a sharp turn and I quite I couldn't quite put my finger on is this still Madonna or is this still Confessions like something about the song changes the cadence the album had been on so far um it, it didn't quite occur to me what it was until you made the Kylie Minogue comparison and I was like ah yeah um, and also, yeah, it, it's also like the message of the song seems very preachy compared to every single song that's like um, preceded this. So, yeah, it, it also felt like an afterthought even for her because it's one of the two songs that didn't make the cut on the tour. Like, I, I like we will never know if it's because the song was not one that she was fond, like fond of or like it was an afterthought for her or if it just couldn't make the cut because they wanted to include other classics like music on the tour or Lucky right. Star or like or Erotica or like yeah like you will never know because on the tour too like they have like limitations that it has to be under two hours or like something in there they only have so much time to fit so many songs so same with this podcast. So let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the next song. Let's talk about Isaac. So um, sonically, yeah, I love this album. I love the beats of it. I love the way it is structured and I love the way it moves. I'm not a huge fan of the performance on the Confessions Tour. This, this section of the tour, <laughs> you're looking at me like, oh, really? You're, the blinking eyes meme, that's how you're looking at me. Um, <laughs> Where uh, it, I love the song and I love I love it in the context of the record and in the sequence of the record, but I don't necessarily enjoy the live performance of it. But I love I love the um, the featured singer who is singing in a different language, and I, believe I it's love Hebrew. yes, yeah, and I love kind of like um, uh, I don't want to get the words right, so I'm just going to do it through the music where it goes like it it's it it's continuous it goes 
it starts yeah, over and, and, loop, and it feels really good. It feels really good. Yeah, the song. Yeah, it, it matches. Yeah, and that's the. I already said Jump was my favorite song in the second half of the album, and I think Isaac is a very, very, very close second. Um, I'm actually surprised you didn't really enjoy the tour performance. Um, I really did enjoy the tour performance, and like for a very strange reason too, because usually when you're on a tour, you're the headliner. Like you are the act, you are the show. Like you are gonna be in the spotlight from start to finish. Mm-hmm. Um, and if this, if that's not the case at any given point, you're doing something wrong with a few exceptions and extraordinary cases. And I think this performance was one of those cases where Madonna wasn't afraid to share the spotlight, or even I would go as far as saying, giving the spotlight to her dancers. Like, yeah, even when you watch the performance on the confessions tour, the spotlight was on Isaac, like singing his part. And then the dancer who was inside of the cage, I don't even know how to describe that dance. It felt like some sort of interpretive metaphorical dance that she was doing towards the message of the song. Right. And like from more restricted movements to like explosive movements, once she like exits the stage um, and then starts like running across the catwalk, um, it, I think that is one of the reasons why I did enjoy the performance because Madonna is singing live during all of this, by the way. Right. But like, you're not really thinking about that. And it never once occurs to you, where is Madonna? And, be- and that's because she shares that spotlight so beautifully that even though she's singing and you know she's singing, but like, you're not really thinking about her. You're looking at the dancer being captivated at like this performance because it's being done so well. So that's probably why I enjoy it so much. Um, I think like you, it was a song that I really enjoyed on the album, but, but was not one of the highlights on the album for me until I watched the tour and I was like, oh my God, this I actually really, really enjoy this. Yeah, and I think um, for the reasons why you like the performance, it's probably why I don't like because I'm like, oh, where the fuck is Madonna? Oh, <laughs> this is okay. her song. Like, yeah, and, I, I, and me, I'm just like a Madonna whore, where it's like, <laughs> I want to see her performing. I want to see her doing the dancing, maybe not necessarily. But uh, but I think it's, it's very um, important that you point that out, that she's sharing the spotlight to feature yeah. uh, other, other aspects of you know, a different culture and giving them the spotlight that they deserve rather than her, just what people accuse her of as appropriating a culture. So I think it's very, um, it's very fitting that you said that to say that she's, she's sharing the spotlight because, uh, in my sense, it's like, I'm just like, I just want to, I just want to see Madonna. Yeah. That's my, that's um, that's interesting that like, we like, this is for the same reason that you and I, in my case, love the performance in your case, like aren't the most fond of it is because like she is sharing the spotlight or like rather giving yeah. the spotlight to someone else. And it doesn't mean I don't like the performance that they're doing. Yeah. It's just that I can understand why fans would probably desire more to see her in this performance. Yeah. But since you say that, I mean, yeah. And I, I love the performance that the one dancer is doing in the cage is, is incredible. And I, I actually love the live vocalist Isaac being there. 
because I think it adds a bit more di dimension to the vocals that are being done because, you know, usually that's something easy. She can just throw on a backing track while yeah. doing it live, but to have him actually there and his main purpose for being there is to sing this song, yeah. literally. Um, she, she does use him in some other songs, but I think those are more like, hey, let's find some other songs that we can do together because I really want you on this tour because I really want to do the song live, which I think she should get a lot of credit for, for doing that. For because... sure, for featuring different yeah. artists. And another thing about this song that I want to talk about, and like, I always thought that it reminded me, one of the reasons I really like this was it reminded me a lot of Frozen. Like, do mm -hmm. you hear that? Yeah. Like, am I alone in thinking that? It's, no. it's specifically the part where, like, in this song, it's like... Yeah, that part. yeah, that part. And then in Frozen, it's like... Yeah. I also would throw in, and maybe you might not know this, but there was a... Uh, I can't remember the name of the song. It was an unreleased song from the, the Ray of Light sessions. But it part of it was used for um, a canceled TV show called Wonderland, uh, where the vocals sound very similar to that where she's where she's doing some vocalization where um i love that i love yeah. that it, it feels because it can feel more familiar because like yeah, yeah I've, I've heard her do something like this before but it's also very different and matches the essence of what yeah. she's doing on this record and it's it's very similar but like it's not too overbearing in the sense that it, it i didn't hear it on my very first listen it took like upwards of 10 or 20 listens of this song <laughs> or like the performance for me to be like, why does that sound familiar to me just apart from me knowing this song? And then I was like, oh my God, it reminds me of Frozen. And that's probably the reason why like I was drawn to this song from the very first time. It's because of that vocalization um, and them being so similar. Yeah. She's like humming, but like, and like just one person humming in two different instances doesn't mean it's going to sound similar or be the same, but like, in this instance, like it was, and it was like a nice callback without being too in your face. Right. So the next song, Push, which I believe is, I, I don't want to say it's a dedication, but it's referring to her former husband, mm -hmm. Mr. Ritchie, Mr. Guy yeah. Ritchie. Uh, and it's all about how she appreciates being pushed around. <laughs> 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 but I think it's more like, oh, you're pushing me to, you know, um, to think differently, to challenge me. And I think she even says, and I'm going to tell you a secret, that I'm so glad that I'm married to someone that challenges me every day. And I remember when I heard this song, I reflected back on that quote that she had from, I'm going to tell you a secret, because that's what it reminded me of, is her kind of embracing the fact that, you know, I do have another way of thinking, that, or that there is a different way of thinking. It doesn't always have to go my way. Um, but then she says, like it or not, <laughs> I'm going to do things my way. But um, no, I'm, I think it's just more of, I actually like this track and I think I'm in the minority liking this track. I, I think it's a very cute track. It's, it's in a way her, I don't want to say another name of a track because people are like, what? But I think it's very reminiscent of how she felt when she was writing some of the songs for True Blue, where she was very involved and in love with her husband at the time, Sean Penn, where this song was that dedication um, 
or an extension of that dedication to her husband at the time who did push her. Like he also pushed her buttons a lot too. Um, but I mean, I don't know all the intricacies of that marriage or, you know, why it was either successful or a failure. I, I, I know that there's rumors or whatever, and she's never really gone into specifics and talked about it, which doesn't bother me. Um, but she shouldn't apologize. She shouldn't say her, her, she's sorry for writing the song because I think it's still a great, I think it's a great song. I don't know if people would agree with me, but I like when I'm listening to this album, I do like to listen to all of the songs from it. There are some songs that I may potentially skip depending on what mood I'm in, which I usually don't do when I'm listening to an album, but this is not one of them. Yeah. I would say that I am in that same minority with you. I do really like this song and it was one of the songs like we already discussed. There's only two songs on this album minus the, um, the bonus tracks or the mm-hmm. unreleased songs that she did not perform on the tour. It was, they were, they were high, high and how high and push. Yep. Um, and this song I actually wish was one of the songs that did make the cut. Um, as Where opposed would you to, put it? I would, I would kick off forbidden love. <laughs> I don't think if I would put it in the same set, I'm just saying that like, if I had to sacrifice one song from the set list, it would either be forbidden love or I hate saying this, but like, oh, you're looking at me. I really I'm, hate I'm just, saying this. I'm on the edge of my seat. I, oh, I know. They're, they're going to bring the pitchforks for me. Music. Okay. Well, thank you for stopping by. <laughs> <laughs> you're getting kicked out of my house right now. <laughs> Push over music? Uh, I don't know how to explain it. Okay, here's the okay. thing. The performance is... I'm not talking about like the interlude with like all of the mashups that like preceded the performance of music. I'm just talking about like the music performance itself. I feel like, okay, it was already used in the interlude, so it could have just transitioned to using one of the songs that was on the album. But since that is not a very popular opinion, I will say, yeah, yeah, kick off forbidden love. <laughs> well, don't retract your statement. Don't apologize. Me trying to backtrack to safe face. If, <laughs> if she were to include this song rather than any other song in the set list, it would be what we can go ahead and go to now, which is the last song, Like It or Not. So, oh, that is true. Actually, I, I do restate my statement. Yeah. When I listened to this album first, that was one of my favorite songs, like it or not. But I think after watching the performance, I, I, it's very rare that when I watch a performance that I like a song less. But this is one of them for me. Like it or not, it's it's very gold frappish because that was one of her influences around this time. You know, with Euro uh, dance music, gold frapp. Um, who's like an alternative dance uh, band or group, um, and who Goldfrapp is <laughs> Goldfrapp does not like Madonna, uh, but this was her Goldfrapp song, and I loved it when I heard it on the album. It is a little preachy because it's it's very self referential talking about you know you can call me a sinner you can call me a saint. Uh, and and going into all these things that she has been compared to throughout her career, um, all these very negative things. And I mean, it, it's a very uh, self 
self-reflecting power song. It's very powerful yeah. for herself. And I think that's why I liked it on the record. And then, but seeing her perform it live, I don't know if the performance, um, I mean, it's, 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 it's a good performance for like Coachella or Coco gig, but I don't know if it would, if it reflected that well on like part of a tour that was traveling and I might, in the mind. someone someone's like gritting their teeth right now and clenching their fists because i'm saying yes yeah. but i just don't um and again it's it's like with it and that's the thing about the last three songs on this record everything after how high just feel it also feels a little sonically not like the rest of the album too all three of those songs because they feel very different from each other and they feel very different from the rest of the album too I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah. So my thoughts, I actually agree with you. And I will say that I agree with you to the extent that I rescind my previous <laughs> statement of replacing music because I forgot that she performed Like It or Not on the tour, even though I literally just had said that like How High and Push were the only songs she didn't perform on the tour. But that performance was a complete afterthought for me after which I'm thinking that, yeah, <laughs> if she replaced it, it's also about the placement. I think like that performance, like, and I'm going to get to the song itself in a second. Um, but that performance on the tour was following sorry, which was mm -hmm. to me like such a great performance. Um, and I just think that it's, it, it was the placement for the song. I think it was unfortunate. Like it was after, it was after Sorry and Isaac and both of his performances were very grand. Like Isaac had like the dancer that was like mm -hmm. stealing the show and Sorry, it was a great performance. Like she was hugging all of her dancers before like actually doing a whole other choreo number right. um, for the first time in a while in that set. I think that was the first number in that, part of the tour that like had actual choreography from like Madonna. Um, and then like it or not was just her sitting on a chair. It was chairography. It was, it was, cha it was I mean, chairography, but like very much part of her roots of her performing, even like in the early days in her club gigs, she'd always have a chair right. and, and dance around it. Or but it had been done better pop. by her is the point that is a very good observation and i would say every other chair performance was better was than that or not one. yes and <laughs> since it was it was a combination it was a deadly combination of the fact that it was one of the more whelming perf whelming performances paired up with one of the more whelming songs it was just for that reason, one of the more forgettable parts of both the album and the tour. And the, the point that you brought up about it being a more self-referential song, I don't think that part is necessarily bad because she's had self-referential songs that are like really good. Like she's mm -hmm. done them before, like with like on bedtime stories, we had human nature and survival. Like, and then she did it more recently with um, on rebel heart. She had Veni Vidi Vici. I came, I saw, I conquered with Nas. Um, which was also very, I mean, that was like in your face, self-referential, like we're kind of, uh, saying it in a very, um, <laughs> I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> we're, we're saying this in kind of like uh, a joking way, like, but at the same time, it's, I think it just goes, we're thinking more deeply about it than it actually is. 
but you know, I don't, I still like the song. Um, I just don't necessarily enjoy the performance. And I think the performance kind of um, took a, the performance made the song less listenable for me, not because I don't necessarily like the song. It's just that I can't get the image out of my head of what I will unapologetically say a lackluster performance of the song. I feel like the performance of it could have been um, um, more grand, especially when you have 37 dancers behind you. Right. I think there could have been, you know, this, I don't know if this necessarily needed to be a solo. Number. I mean, I will say the dancers needed a break because all of their previous songs, they were like kind of going really hard. True, true, true. Yeah, and it's that's not very uncommon where like a performance of a song on tour can alter your perception of it for the good or for the bad. And like sometimes in a way that is like very significant and then you have like a 180 on the song. Like if you like it, if you like the performance, then you won't listen to the album version. You'll just go back and watch the performance over and over again. And if the performance was really bad, then you get to a point where you can't even listen to the song like just the song itself again well that also does contradict what i did say earlier that if you want to see any visual performances of this this song just go and watch the tour but i was referring to those that had videos attached to the singles yeah the sing the four uh, singles i would i would say that you know this this strong is this song is very straightforward anyway so yeah i mean just go and watch the tour version um instead of listening to the album version, you, you'll get the same effect from it. It just, and I do like that she's singing in a lower register again, because I think, I think it helps her to sing songs that are more comfortable for her because they can reflect better in a live performance. Yeah. I, I would tend to agree. I think how, what do you think about the placement of this song as the closer? I think that's one of the more controversial points because I think one of the reasons I also wasn't a huge fan of this song is because here you have an album that is so hype and like the purpose is for you to like dance nonstop. And I don't think that this song as like the encore of the album, Mm -hmm. like lived up to the expectations I had for the closer of the same album you know what i mean does that make sense i think it makes sense but i i would disagree in the sense that i think about how she has been closing her album since ray of light in ray of light she had murderall and for music she had um gone and yeah. for american life she had easy ride right so these they all kind of have the same feeling the same sort of type of message where it's very self-reflective in that sense. So I I feel like it it fits the pattern. It's consistent with what she had been doing with previous albums. Yeah. Since I guess Ray of Light. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And again, there's this the same pattern repeating where like the Confessions Tour did a lot of damage control, where like the Confessions Tour had a great encore, which was hung up, and we're gonna get to that. Um, yes. Well, let's talk about some of the, the um, we'll call them bonus tracks. I won't call them unreleased because they were all released. Uh, there was three tracks. One was released exclusively to Icon members called Super Pop. One was on the deluxe edition of, 
or the special edition of the album called Fighting Spirit. And then one was a B-side to the single jump, which was History. Uh, and we can talk about them collectively. We don't have to talk about them individually unless yeah. you have individual thoughts on them. I will just go ahead and say um, History is probably one of my favorite B-sides that she's ever done. And there was a demo of it that was also released that um, was a little bit more poppy and a little bit more, it, it sounded a little bit more hung up-ish if you don't have the, the ABBA sample, um, which I also enjoy because she singed it a little bit more higher pitch, but I also enjoy that she used the lower register one for um, this version of that history nice. that's on yeah. the B side of, of Jump. But I will say that History is probably my second favorite B-side ever of her. Really? Neck, uh, behind Supernatural, which is my favorite B-side. My third favorite is has to be from Ray White Sessions. But I will say, um, yeah, and Super Pop, I think, was super fun and super yeah. pop. And uh, it's, it's kind of this nonsensical, fun song. Yeah. And then Fighting Spirit is a little bit more... Uh, that one's a little bit more drab. It's a lower register song, but it also feels like it doesn't necessarily go anywhere for me. It's it's more like uh, like it or not, like that type of song. Um, so I can see why some of these were not used on the album, except for history. I can see why history could be. I feel like history fits the album versus the other two, which don't really fit the album. I would say Super Pop kind of fit the album. I don't know where I would place it, but I think Super Pop in history both fit the album i will say i knew about super pop and um fighting spirit i did not know about history until i was doing the research for this album and we said we would also be discussing the b-sides and then i realized oh there's a b-side to jump um and i was very pleasantly surprised because yeah i think sonically like the juxtaposition that it has to jump in the rest of the album. Like, I can see it belonging on the album. I even think, and I don't know if you would echo this opinion, but I would, like, if if that were to replace Like It or Not as the final track, like, I think the album would just, was would still be just as cohesive, and that would maybe even be a better closer to the album. History? Than, yeah, then like it or not. Um, yeah, I don't think Super Pop would be the closer. I think Super Pop could be a track somewhere else. But even then, I do admit with you, I do admit that, yeah, it would have still been a filler track rather than a standout on the album, by which logic it makes sense that like it was asked, it was not on the final album, it was a B-side um, that was released. But yeah, and Fighting Spirit, I think, is the is truly one of the afterthoughts in the sense that like it really doesn't go anywhere for me like i don't even know if like when i first listened to this i was like i was curious as to when she recorded this and if it was even recorded for this album like because it's not exactly a song that like strikes you on first listen if you were to listen to it double blinded not being told you would the only thing you know is this is a madonna song you don't know it's a b-side you don't know it's a b-side for confessions 
would you be able to ever guess that fighting spirit was supposed to be on confessions like no yeah and that's what i'm saying like like in that double-minded sorry double-blinded like experiment like i think for that reason it just i'm glad it didn't make the final cut on the album because it just lyrically and sonically it's not that it's too different but it's just it doesn't it couldn't fit cohesively enough anywhere on the album now that i'm looking except at the maybe towards list. the end because that's that's where i feel like some of the cohesiveness sonically is lost after how high so yeah i could see one. it fitting with one of the last three so if we were to swap out or even make an addition um for those but for me like history fits like i if i heard history i could probably guess that it came from the confession sessions for sure i also feel like it's a very madonna song sonically just in general so even if i was if i was like a non-madonna fan or like a casual madonna fan i'm like here i listen to the song i think people would like get it as a madonna song yeah that's actually in my top 50 favorite Madonna songs ever. Really? Yes. Okay, wow. I mean, and that is a big statement because I'm, she has a very wide discography. Mm-hmm. So are any other songs from the album in your top 50? Ooh, I have to check my list. Or before that, I will, let me just ask you, what are, and then you can bounce the question back to me. What are your top three songs, including remixes, from Confessions on a Dance Floor. Uh, in no particular order, Get Together, Jump, and Future Lovers. What are I, yours? I would say Get Together, Sorry, and Jump. Fair. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm, looking, go- I'm looking at my top favorite 50 songs because I, I don't... Did I ever send you this link that um, you can basically figure out what your how you would rank songs yes i have i know about i know what you're talking about yeah and it puts two things together and then you keep doing it until it gives you like the final right i know so i have four songs from confessions they are get together (laughs) jump future lovers and history history yeah very interesting now they're a little bit towards the bottom of that list but that doesn't mean i like them necessarily any less right but um yeah that's confessions on a dance floor everybody um and they did release a special vinyl of remixes after um when the album came out which is exclusive i think it was on pink vinyl i have it um i just don't feel like pulling it out (laughs) well thank you for stopping by and uh, getting your dancing shoes on and your roller skates and helping me talk about Confessions on a Dance Floor. That is going to be a wrap for this album, but I'm going to have you back so we can talk about Confessions Tour live. So thank you again for coming. Thank you very much for having me. I look forward to seeing you next time and I'll bring both my disco ball and my disco stick. (laughs) Fair enough. Bye, everyone. Please be sure to like, subscribe, rate, and review the Madonna Get Together on your favorite podcast streaming platform. And be sure to follow on Instagram at Madonna Get Together.
Until then, my beautiful strangers.